Uh, today, I want you just to first start off. Uh, we are talking about stewardship, and we are gathering our, our, what we have of our resources and, and getting ready to expand to what God's doing here at Networks. But I want you to picture for a moment your life. What has your, your life journey been, and how is it speaking? If, if for some reason today would be your last day, what would people say about you and what you've done and left? We often all call that a legacy, like a memorial. And I'm not, I'm not trying to get everybody down or anything, but I want you just to get to, an, to a perspective understanding that what we're doing is actually creating something for the future and for generations. And the title of my message today is called actually Enduring Legacy. You know, we as a nation and as a people, as a world, ultimately are, have been all affected by other people's decisions, by conflicts, by resolutions. You know, you look at the, I always, when I think about that, I think about the World War, uh, Great World War, number two, where, you know, I'll see there was the Axis, the bad guys and the allies. And honestly, each of us were fighting for a vision, fighting for something that we believe was what humanity needed to follow and believe. But I'm thankful that we have a king who is above all of that, who has redeemed all of that, that we don't need to fight. We actually just need to become before him as sons and daughters. But today I want to talk to you about what does it look like to actually steward a legacy? We need to be stewarding the vision God has given us as sons and daughters so that we can see his kingdom come through us as we do, do come together as a body, as a church. We need to see his kingdom invade our spheres of influence, whether it's at the job market or in the school. We need to be stewarding and creating a legacy that endures by the persistent pursuit of him and so that we can have hope of the eternal reward we have. You know, and as I was thinking about this, I couldn't get my head off of the idea of like the Great Wall, uh, the Western Wall, the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem. I had a photo, but Richard can explain he's been there. And there's just something about that, like, why, God, why do you keep on taking my mind as I'm trying to think about this, this sermon? Why do you keep taking me to this wall? And so I just did a little research. Now, I'm not a historian, so my facts may be right. They could be wrong. I'm not going to say that this is absolute, but... I found it really interesting that there is actually quite an interesting significance about the Western Wall. Now, you know, in Nehemiah, uh, back in the way back in the day, <laughs> he he came to be aware that the walls were in dis, disrepair. The gates had been burnt. Uh, there was a need to be uh, taken care of, and and as he uh, went to go and repair these walls, I found interesting that here's a man who saw something that needed to withstand time. You know, Jerusalem was destroyed and rebuilt nine times from what I found, yet the walls still remained. And it's actually, the western wall happens to be one of the most uh, significant parts of the wall, and this is the reasons why. Well, today is actually seen by the Jewish people as a remnant of the Temple Mount, the site of the Holy Temple, an eternal symbol of God's presence, to show God's enemies that he doesn't leave his people, a symbol of hope, a place of focused prayer, and even a site of Jewish heroism. That's pretty profound just for a wall. I mean, a lot of people just look at, oh, they're just praying, they're bobbing, and no, 
there's, there's actually, there's a reverence there being stewarded. There's a legacy that has been still outlived today. And I believe that stewardship is about creating and leaving a legacy, something that intentionally endures. As I dug it more into what the, the whole wall is about, I, I come to find out that it's actually presumed that the wall is actually uh, built upon Mount Moriah, where Abraham bound his son Isaac to be a sacrifice, who later on, Isaac's son Jacob, on that same place, had a dream of a ladder ascending to heaven. Later on, the King David purchased Mount Moriah, made Jerusalem the capital, where his son Solomon then built the first holy temple at that very spot. What a legacy. There's power in a place that, like Peter was just explaining, there is a, there is a place of focused presence. When we all come together and see that there's something about leaving a legacy, and that's what I believe what we're doing is, as we expand this church, we all have an opportunity today to have our story be part of this story, of this building, and this community. And what can that look like for us? And so I was just thinking about some points for us to, to um, follow. And one would be, you know, creating an enduring legacy is about building and creating a kingdom culture. Creating a kingdom culture. We need to understand that our testimony of salvation actually is what starts to create a culture. You know, we all have had, a, I believe, an, an, a, uh, an encounter with Jesus at some point in our life, no matter how profound it may be, that actually is speaking and creating a culture. Now, I, this past week we had our Timothy class, and we actually Peter phrased this, that culture speaks louder than vision. I always thought, you know, without vision we all perish. We need a vision, okay? We're casting vision. We're, we're partnering with what God wants to do in us as Networks Church. But we need also to be aware of that as we do so, we create a culture. Now, this is not about control, but this actually is about seeing God revealed in all that we do and that we partner with. Today, are you partnering in your heart with what God wants to do, or are you wanting to find yourself separate? I'm going to do my own thing. See, culture speaks. Culture has a language. It has ideas. It has the arts. It has behaviors. It has values. Kingdom culture, I believe, is seeing that it's more than just for us to be coming together as a body, but it's about you and I going out into the streets and bringing those that don't know Jesus into this house so they can be discipled, so they can encounter the great I am, so that we, yeah, we can have an outpouring of the Spirit, a thin place, and then taking that to the next, next area. We can't keep it to ourselves, and so we need to create a kingdom culture. As I was kind of looking for some things to talk about about kingdom culture, I, I was drawn to Deuteronomy where Moses was writing. And, I, and in uh, chapter 30, verses 11 through 14, Moses was talking to the Israelites before they're leaving to go to the promised land. He says, for this commandment which I command you today is not too mysterious for you. So what he's talking about, it's not this, you've got to get all mystical and out there and get it all thought out, okay? Nor is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend into heaven for, for us and bring to us that we may hear it and do it? Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear and do it? But the very word 
is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. Now, I'll stop right there. We have everything we need within us. If you have Jesus reigning in your life and in your thinking, in your mind, body, and spirit, the word is very near you. It's not far off. You don't have to go someplace to get it. We have it within us. And we need to create that and release that in our culture that we create here. I believe that we are doing what you want Jesus talked about in Matthew 22. We're pursuing a culture that we love the Lord with all of our heart, all our mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus was referring to what Moses was saying, because Moses actually said that just before verses 11. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's creating kingdom culture. Start today by actually doing something. Fill up that, that envelope. But more so, be looking forward to, as we do turn in our envelopes, that we actually are partnering with what God is going to do in this church. With you. You have a significant role. I hope you're not just here warming a seat. You have a purpose here. You have a purpose of, of seeing people come in and loved in this, ch this church, this family, because this is a loving, amazing church. Number two, in, in considering and then enduring legacy, we need to look at persistent relationship. So we have a kingdom culture that comes out of a persistent relationship because we all owe the world an encounter. Now, we can sing songs all the time about exhorting God, but are you really persisting in relationship outside of that? Are we connecting with one another? Are you going, like I loved last week how Peter and Lindsay mentioned that while they're in the States, one of the biggest things and keys they took away from, from that experience was that they were encouraged to take time each day, about 20 minutes, and just be silent and be before the Father. Persisting in a relationship, knowing that he has a place speaking in our lives. Because God's speaking all the time. I encourage you, what's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Where does your mind go to right away? If you're not in a persistent relationship with him, you're probably going to feel maybe anxious about the day. Maybe there's been things that are going on in your heart that don't have resolution yet. I'm not saying that we don't all have those moments. I have those moments. Even this week, I've had those moments I wake up and I feel a bit anxious. I'm like, whoa, whoa, that's not me. But it's an awakening to us to become into a relationship with the Father in a greater level. We need to press in and press onward. You know, again, I mentioned the Western Wall and Abraham. Now, there's a man that had a persistent relationship with the Father. Here's a guy and his wife at an older, what we consider elderly age, a good ripe old age, and yet God told them that they were going to have a child. Yet, in that moment, Abraham had this consistent relationship with God. And today, I want to ask you, is he appearing to you? Because in Genesis 12, verse 7, just a simple phrase, then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your descendants, I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Now, I know a lot of us here know about the story of Abram becoming Abraham. God gave Abram a new identity. I believe as we persist in relationship with him, God reveals our true identity as sons and daughters. You know, can you imagine if Abram never actually encountered God and had the, the 
the relationship he had with them. I don't believe we would have what we have today as a Christianity. I don't believe, I mean, maybe God, I'm sure God, excuse me, God would have probably taken a different route. <laughs> but literally, if, if, if Abraham didn't have this encounter, I think that the descendants to which David came out of, the lineage and Jesus, God reveals, we probably wouldn't have the, the relationship that we have now with Christ. It's just a key to show that God deeply wants a relationship with you and I. When we steward and persist in a relationship with God, there's a blessing, that I believe, that opens for us as individuals. You know, here, find your tribe. Find your micro group. We got a lot of event, uh, connect groups going on. There was a gaming group yesterday. There's, there's the bikers group we talk about all the time. There's, um, you know, you name it. We've got all kinds of opportunities for us to also persist in relationship with one another. Lastly, as I want to wrap this up, leaving a, an enduring legacy is about an opportunity for you to do something beyond your own abilities. See, we all have an inheritance with Christ. We all have that hope as the, the someday that, yes, we, we have our salvation. And that's not so much a ticket for you to go to heaven. But I love the phrase when I, I understand that actually when you gave your life to Jesus, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, it's, it's actually to get heaven inside of you. It's not for us so you can have your ticket and go to heaven someday. You can keep doing what you're doing. And so today I want to encourage you, let's leave a legacy. Because heaven is within you. See, we're all, it's all about finishing well. I know we've heard it, it's, it can be sometimes kind of cliche, but it's not. It's actually really significant about finishing well. It's about running the race and leaving a legacy. That's about being in that persistent relationship with God, creating a culture that's heaven-focused. I was reading again, doing a little bit, little bit of research, and this reading about Azariah in Second Chronicles, in chapter 15. As I was reading, I was learning that Azariah was a prophet, and he was getting ready to speak to Asa, who was the son of a king. Long story short, without going into all the history of that, because Peter Geyser does that really well, <laughs> okay? But he's just kind of like caused me to actually look at things a bit differently. I, I uh, was reading, and Azariah was getting ready to go out to speak to Azza, this, this, this king's son, who's now had this kingdom under him. And as he was living his life, ruling his kingdom, there was a culture that was being established. There was a relationship he had with God. And he was leaving a legacy because in his land he had peace. But all of a sudden, I believe in, in, the, in that chapter, there was a story about how Azza was noticed there was about a million enemies coming out to come to him to try to take over his kingdom. He had like 300,000 men. Yet, because of his persistent relationship with God, he, and he was obedient to God, he was actually able to defeat them without really doing anything because he had a relationship. And as they came to come attack, they, they were scattered. And as Azariah was speaking in verse 1 and 2, it says, Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. And he went out to meet Azza, and he said to him, Hear me, Azza, and all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you while you are with him. 
If you seek him, he will be found by you, but if you forsake him, he will forsake you. There's something about us seeking God. He will be with us. When you don't seek God, it's pretty obvious he's not going to be with you. But there is a hope of a legacy that we get to leave because as we endure that and as we proclaim his kingdom, there's a strength that we get and we will be rewarded. In verse 7, and there's just a reference. It says, but you, be strong and do not let your hands be weak for your work shall be rewarded. I believe our work is going to be rewarded here as we come together as Notmark's church, as we expand, as we, as we get to see heaven invade Springwood. Come on, of all places, Springwood, Queensland, Australia. I believe God is going to re- reveal something in this church. It may not look like it at the moment, but God is doing things here already, obviously. We have testimonies. But just imagine, imagine your journey, your time, your efforts, your money is being poured into what we are doing and planning on. Imagine later on, if you just had the opportunity, we don't want to have regrets, but you have the opportunity now to actually pour yourself into something that's bigger than you. You have the opportunity to see someone's life changed and transformed, maybe by just you praying into what God wants to do here, by you giving your time and your efforts. We've said it time and time again, we are going to expand and we need you. What can you do? And we definitely need the resources. I believe God's going to provide that. But I would hope that you're not sitting here thinking that someone else is going to do your job. I hope you're here today that you can know that you can actually take something that you have, maybe you hold dear, and trust God with it. Leave a legacy. Who knows? Like the Western Wall, we, the presence is residing here already. But imagine we have a place where we gather that people come to and go, whoa, <laughs> there's something here that's different. You know, Paul also stay, states about running the race. I mentioned it. We want to finish well. 1 Corinthians 9. I'm just going to read it. Verses 24 and 25. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run? But one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may attain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we do it to obtain an imperishable crown. It's a great illustration to understand how we are to live our lives. We're not in a sprint. We need to be temperate. We need to be able to steward who we are so we can run the race and run the race well and finishing with an imperishable crown. Yes, humanity will always tell you that you need to do this so you can achieve this because this is what looks good on the mantle. Let me tell you, that's just material that's going to all turn to dust at some point in life. What we are doing today, what we're talking about today as we wrap up is actually creating something that's going to endure, I believe, for generations. You're going to have your daughter your son, your grandkids, your great-grandkids, your great-great-grandkids, you name it. At some point, I believe we're going to go, wow, that place in Springwood, Queensland, my life was changed because my grandfather went there or my aunt went there, my mom went there. Their lives was changed. Because of that, because they encountered God, the great I am, I and my family are now totally free from all the rubbish that maybe their generations maybe have faced. I get to live free as a son. I know who I am in Christ, all because... 
Maybe that one person brought them to church. There's a legacy being built here. Because we need to be driven further than what we see. We need to be driven what's in our hearts. Just like the Western Wall, there's a legacy being stored. Prayers, pursuit, relationship with God, culture. We are all continuing the legacy left by Abraham and a mark made by God our Creator. So, we are stewarding and creating a legacy of God in this season as networks expands. I can kind of use this one. I encourage you, be part of this legacy. Not by just giving your money. We need that. But give your heart. Give your life to Jesus. Be part of our community and family so we can finish well. Let's create a kingdom culture that, in pursuing a persistent relationship with God that leaves a legacy to be known and felt for generations. I, know, I hope today that I can encourage you to look beyond and just your normal means. These are just words. These are just things that I've said in points. But beyond that, I hope you hear the heart behind what we're doing here. Just imagine this place full all because you actually were obedient to God. Imagine coming in here and you can't even get past the door because the presence is so heavy. I've been in places like that and I know God is doing that and building it in here, but we need each one of you to be able to partner with the vision here because we are creating a kingdom culture. We're seeing heaven invade earth in our lives. There's no insignificant thing that each one of you do. Each one of you, your life speaks where you go. And I pray that you can bring that into the networks as we expand this season. Because I believe we are creating and have established a great foundation. And if we could all just stand, I just want to pray and we'll move on. Each one of you has a great ability to do beyond anything that you can imaginably do, but you need Christ at the center. So today, I hope I encourage you. Let's look beyond our normal means and trust God for the impossible. So Jesus, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your promises. I thank you for all that you've done throughout history. It's something, even what Abraham has done, <laughs> who was obedient, who had a relationship with you. And it still shows today through a people hungry to encounter you, Jesus. And I pray that in this season as we expand, that you expand our hearts and our minds to partner with you fully in all that we need to do. I thank you, God, for these people here. I thank you for their, their generosity, and, and I thank you for all that you're going to do in this church. Amen.